All right, y'all. Welcome in to episode 11 of the Peach State Tailgate Sports Podcast. I am Kenny Cochran, joined as always by my co-host here, Mr. Jake Hill. We are slowly coming down off of the high that was our off week, our vacation, our out-of-the-country trip, our little Bahamas trip, cruise across the Caribbean, and uh, we had a great time, man. It was a blast, and it was good to get away, cut loose a little bit. Had a little week zero college football action that we talked about on the last episode going on, little Braves going on. So it was good to get a little break before things ramp up. And here we are, man. It's bona fide college football season. Season kicks off tomorrow, real football. And um, I'm pumped. As a Georgia fan, I can confidently say that, man, it's been a good hate week so far. We're getting ready to, to dog walk the Oregon Ducks in Atlanta. And uh, there's no better feeling than watching those boys run out of the tunnel on Saturday. So, Jake, what you think? Man, man, like you said, I am so excited for some real college football to get started. Not no uh, unranked teams out there playing. Not no, you know, North Carolina playing some no names. A little bit of Vanderbilt, Hawaii action that we saw in week zero. Um, saw a couple interesting teams play, but but this is this is where everything starts. This is where the big games start, and you know. Got a couple of great matchups we're gonna get into, but you know we have a couple things. A couple things to get in first. Uh, I didn't. I didn't say my normal thing, Kenny. Good introduction, by the way. Great introduction, I must say. Um, the vacation. Vacation was amazing. Um, my hammies. My hammies are still a little bit sore. Broke it down on the dance floor a little bit too much, but uh, it was worth it. A lot of fun. Uh, a lot of alcohol consumed over this trip. Probably an unhealthy amount, but you know. Sometimes you got to kick back, let loose, and, you know, let the drinks fly, as some would say. And that's exactly what me and Kenny did, so. <laughs> he is a certified rug cutter. <laughs> Cut the rug, got that right. Uh, but it was a great time, man. Um, we don't have too much brave stuff to get into, because obviously we've been on vacation. We tried to keep up with it the best we could, but whenever you're on a boat, and you're like me, and for some reason you pay whatever the price was for the highest Wi-Fi they possibly have on the boat, and it still doesn't work in your room, it's kind of hard to keep up with stuff. And when I'm not in the room, I was getting drunk. So, you know, things happen. Uh, Braves. Braves talk. Can you ready to get in a little bit of Braves talk? My little bit of notes I have. Yeah, let's do it. I don't have any player notes. Uh, we swept the Pirates going into the weekend. In the weekend, we had a three-game series against the Cardinals where we lost two of three, which was, you know, kind of heartbreaking because the Mets, Mets gave us a little bit of room to... Uh, you know, kind of sneak away. I know they they won two or three, so we're still three games back from the Mets right now as we speak. Yesterday we lost to the Colorado Rockies, and right now uh, we are winning three to nothing. I want to say after a Ronnie three run bomb, or a, I'm sorry, not three run bomb, Ronnie solo shot. Uh, Ronnie, I know he did miss the three games prior to this, so it's nice to see him back in the lineup. He's been having a little bit of soreness. Um, one thing I do want to mention, we do we did claim Braves legend Jesse Chavez off waivers from the Los Angeles Angels, joining the team again for the third time in the past two years. So welcome back, Jesse. You know, Jesse's on the squad. It seems like good things always seem to happen. And you can never be upset when we bring Jesse back. So basically, we look back at the Rocio Iglesias trade and we traded Tucker Davidson and a month of Jesse Chavez for Jesse Chavez for the rest of the year and Rossi Iglesias. So <laughs> it, it was it was a, it was a very beautiful thing to take care of right there. <laughs> Tucker Davidson for Rossi Iglesias and Jesse Chavez. Um, what a, what a steal! What an absolute steal! AA does it again. I must say, that's right. Get this man a statue. 
Um, but like I said, that's all I have for Braves. Kenny, I, I don't know if you have anything else. I know you're kind of feeling the same way I was. Like, we, <laughs> we didn't catch yeah, much of Braves action. <laughs> it was a pretty uneventful week or, you know, four days for the Braves, whatever you look at it. Um, but, I mean, we're still on the hunt. Three games back in the NL East. We got this series against the Rockies. Hopefully we can take care of business through the remainder of this and then move on into September with a little bit of steam and, um, you know, keep it rolling. But, yeah, no, I mean, Braves haven't been playing our best baseball, but, um, you know, it, it'll come back around. We got Ronnie back in the lineup. The boys are playing good. We just got to keep the bats consistent and uh, keep moving forward. That, that is all we can do. I, ha- I do have a little bit of Falcons notes I want to get into before we get all the way in college football. College football is going to be the primary talk of today's episode. Uh, got a lot of bets and stuff. Me and Kenny want to go over a lot of little predictions, little side talks games. We're, we're really excited to watch. But my Falcons news, I have a couple of little notes I jotted down. Obviously, we had made our final roster trims to cut the roster down to the final number. Uh, some interesting ones I noted down. Falcons cut Anthony Ferkser. But we keep Felipe Franks and John Fitzpatrick on the roster. That was that was one of the notable ones that that really surprised me. Uh, obviously, we keep Parker Hesse too, but I think a lot of people had Parker Hesse as kind of a lot to make this roster, at least as the third tight end. But to see a guy like Franks and Fitzpatrick both make it, two guys that you know I, I saw a lot of people saying they could get cut and be re-signed to the practice squad, make it over a guy like Ferkser, who I would assume is probably going to get a job elsewhere. I, I would like to believe, but I mean, we did see bigger names get cut. I want to say OJ Howard also got cut, so. He got cut by the Bills. So, I mean, it's not too surprising. Um, then we have Caleb Huntley and Quandre Allison. We're both competing for that for that fourth running back spot. It, it got taken by Avery Williams. Uh, Avery Williams is more of a special teams guy than anything else. He's going to be our primary kick and punt returner. So, it makes sense. A lot of teams don't carry four running backs. Obviously, the top three spots are... Filled out by uh, Cordero Patterson, Damian Williams, and Tyler Algier. Uh, I will say we did sign Caleb Huntley to the practice squad. And I want to say Quandre Olison is going to Dallas. Is I think is the last little rumor I heard is that Dallas is going to sign him to a deal. So good for Quandre. Going to get a job out there. I always like Quandre Olison. I think he's a he's a really talented back that could be a, a you know a good power guy for most teams. But whenever you have a guy like Damian Williams and Tyler Algier over you, Quandre Olison and both Caleb Huntley are kind of guys that are going to play that same role and i don't know if they will play that role better than the two guys we kept on the roster obviously me and kenny talk about caleb huntley on episodes uh locust grove product him coming back to the falcons is is exciting and you know obviously during the practice squad at any point that you have the chance to get called up to the active roster so we would love to see that um jared bernhardt kenny your guy bernie Bernie Sorry. makes Bernie makes the final roster over frank darby i believe he made it the sixth wide receiver is what He's being slotted in at the depth chart. Uh, this is a guy I can see make, some, say, make a pretty big impact on offense this year. Um, in the preseason, when we got to see him. Dude looked great. Dude looked like he's been playing receiver for years his whole life, and he's only been playing for a couple months. So we're excited to see Bernhardt make it. I want to say Darby did also get uh, signed to the practice squad, which is nice. Frank Darby is a talented guy you'd like to keep around. Um, Nate Landman, the linebacker, the guy with the horse collar, or with the cowboy collar. Uh, he made the roster of a seven-year pro, Nick. Oh, this is gonna be a tough one. I can never pronounce this guy's name. Kwiatkowski. There it is. Nick Kwiatkowski. There we go. So Landman made it over over the veteran linebacker, which is interesting to see. Deion Jones is still on the Falcons, which I know is a thing that people have been talking about a lot recently. If you know he's gonna be on the team, you know, for the first for the first game. But uh 
obviously you're not going to, I think the Falcons have already said they're not going to cut Deion Jones. It's going to have to be a trade that gets him off the team. And I think the problem with him is he's just going to have to take a smaller role on, on defense. He's not, he's not going to be that featured linebacker guy no more. He's going to be more of a sub package guy, probably play some special teams. Deion just doesn't have the, have the same juice he had years prior. Obviously as Falcons fans, both me and Kenny hope that Deion can find his, find the fountain of youth and get back to his old ways. But you know, the past two or three seasons, we have not really seen it. So, you know, Deion Jones is going to have to fill that role for now. Then my final notes I have. Uh, Falcons have made two claims off the waivers. Uh, we claimed defensive lineman Matt Dickerson and offensive tackle Chuma Adaga. I'm so sorry if I, per- if I just butchered that name. Uh, E-D-O-G-A, off waivers. There, so, so you, can, you can pronounce how you want to. And with that, we cut defensive back Mike Ford and safety Dean Marlowe. Mike Ford was a guy that me and Kenny did not love. Uh, we watched some preseason football, and I was not a big fan of him, even though the reports in camp did say he looked good. So maybe my, my little judgment eye was not too good. <laughs> no, I mean, Go ahead, Kenny. Over, I was just going to say, overall, I, I'm pretty satisfied with it. Um, the initial 53-man roster in the NFL is so weird because – it changes so frequently. It's a weird situation where you have to be kind of strategic as a team of where you place players because obviously, you know, you, you run the risk of losing a player entirely if you make the wrong move. So it's it's more of a strategery type deal with this initial 53 man because it's going to change and it's going to change over time. So you look at a guy like Caleb Huntley or even a guy like Jared who made the roster. It's like there are a couple surprises in there. Um, you know, you mentioned Kwiatkowski, which was a pretty big surprise for me. But these are guys that I think do have a pretty good shot at playing at some point in the year. And, um, you know, I think we're going to see this thing shake up as time goes on. So don't you don't want to take this as gospel when the original initial 53 man comes out because it changes so much. But, um, man, as far as the preseason goes, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about what the Falcons are working with. Obviously, we're not going to go win the Super Bowl or anything, but I think we'll get some pretty exciting football to watch. No, I agree. And then you talk about the whole thing of, you know, if you have a guy in your practice squad, any single team can go out there and pick him up and just add him to their active roster. They really need to be. And I've heard a lot of people saying that Jared Bernhardt's a guy that if you have you had on your practice squad, there'd be a team out there that put a, a flyer on him and add him to that active roster just to give him a chance. And you see guys like Caleb Huntley. Uh, I, I don't know if it'd be the same opportunity. My, and it's not this is nothing against Caleb Huntley as a, as a football player. It's just that he plays the same role as so many other guys in the league that um, he's, he's, he's just a, mostly a one-dimensional on-the-ground running back, and there's so many of those in, in football right now. Most of the guys that teams look for are guys that can you know do it through the air, guys that you can line up at multiple positions, the guys like the Naheen Hines of the world and all those guys. So, you know, obviously, like you said, it's a very strategic thing. Uh, Krakowski, he's a guy I, I think uh, will get a job. Obviously, practice squad things are a little bit tough because – the longer a guy's been in the league, the more money they will make weekly in the, on a practice squad. It's, it's different things. So, obviously, rookies, like second-year guys, will make lower salaries than a guy like Nick Krakowski or Anthony Ferks are on a practice squad. So, I don't think that those would be two guys that we would look for to get on a practice squad. Obviously, with all the cuts that have happened and all the you know waiver wire moves and all that stuff. So, I'm assuming the Falcons might still have some moves to make. And like you just mentioned... This is just like a base thing. I mean, this thing could is it, there's going to be changes before the first game of the season. Like there, there's going to be changes in the next week and a half. So, you know, just keep your eye on it. Keep it. Keep 
paying attention this this part of football is always very hectic there's always a lot of moving parts obviously if you have your adam schefter uh tweet notifications on like i do you're getting tweets like every 10 minutes of some random person the sixth wide receiver on the kansas city chiefs getting cut and or sony michelle signing with the los angeles Chargers. i believe he did the other day so i mean if you know we got a damn good dog getting cut from the dolphins and going with the Chargers, so a lot better chance to win a ring there go good for you sony yeah that's for sure uh that's it that's it for all my non-college football stuff kenny that is it for all my non-college football stuff so i will let you go ahead and and talk about our next little segment that we're we're, we're a lot we're really excited for all right well let's dive into it man obviously it's that time of year everybody's getting excited you wake up you get a little bit more fired up than you were the day before and tomorrow's the day um obviously if you're watching us live right now on youtube it is wednesday night at 9 17 for a little time stamp um so as of right now we've got some real college football kicking off tomorrow at 705 thursday night if you're listening tomorrow it'll be tonight um but it's time to go man oh, yeah. it's time to roll it's hate week here for us georgia fans we're getting ready to to, to line up hop in the duck blinds throw your waiters on and, and and launch some two and three quarter inch shells at the oregon ducks um we are fired up man i mean it is bona fide football season now we've been saying it for 10 episodes now that we're getting closer and closer and it's time to go so a little segment right here we want to go over some lines some betting lines um according to FanDuel sportsbook is what i have right here in front of me um so we'll go down do a little breakdown of what kind of college football action we can expect uh daily all the way through the week and and kind of give you a little breakdown of what we think as our picks and what we think are, are games to look at and interesting games to to watch as the weekend unfolds so Without further ado, let's kick it off. Um, I have a lot of notes on this first game. I'm pretty excited about this one. Obviously, first big game of the year. Um, and you, you feature a couple of familiar players for us and a couple guys that we've seen play some college ball in the past. And that's going to be the Thursday night, 7.05 p.m. Eastern game between the West Virginia Mountaineers traveling to Pitt to play the Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, 17th ranked. Pittsburgh, obviously, they lose Kenny Pickett last year, who's a generational talent, bringing a guy like Keaton Slovis. This one's pretty interesting to me, Jake, and um, I want to do a little stat breakdown for you, a little blind breakdown before I kind of get into my thoughts for the game. Um, here's what I'll say. Open your mind. Open your heart. I'm going to give you some stats. I'm not going to tell you who they are. This shows how similar these players are, and you give me your honest opinion of who you would like to have on your team. Okay. Go ahead with it. All right, so you got two quarterbacks here. Quarterback mm. number one, this, these are all career averages over a 12-game football season. Career averages over 12 games. Quarterback number one, 3,367 yards in the air. Quarterback okay. number two, 3,356 yards in the air. 11 yards difference in a 12-game total. Okay. Quarterback number one, 26 touchdowns. Quarterback number two, 25 touchdowns in a one-season total. Quarterback number one, 11 interceptions. Quarterback number two, nine interceptions. Quarterback number one, 68% completion percentage. Quarterback number two, 69.5% completion percentage. Quarterback number one, a 148 rating, and quarterback number two, a 155 rating. So just to recap, quarterback number one, 
3,367 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 picks with a 68% completion percentage and a 148 rating. And quarterback number two, 3,356 yards, 25 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and a 69.5 completion percentage with a 155 rating. Which quarterback from those stat lines would you look at and say you would rather have on your team, blind looking at it based on what an average season looks like for those guys? Okay, so uh, this, this, is, this is a setup question. It is a setup question, and I know this, but did one quarterback have to transfer away from their school because the other quarterback took their starting job? This is, this is a dire question right here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's that simple, but... But if, we were, yeah. if, we're, if we're looking at it from perspective-wise... It's not that simple, no. I, I'm just making a joke here. Uh, I, I would take quarterback number two. If the numbers are really close. I'm assuming quarterback number two is Mr. JT Daniels, if, if I had to take my guess. And quarterback number one is Mr. Keaton Slovis. Uh, both former USC products um, playing out there with the Trojans in California. Um, but like you said, it is an interesting game. And uh, by those numbers, it, it, I, I am very surprised at similarities that those two guys had. <laughs> it's so close. It's ridiculous. It, it, is, it is very close. Uh, but this this is so talking about this this Pittsburgh uh, West Virginia game. I don't know if you mentioned it. Uh, Pittsburgh seven and a half point favorites. There are a lot of interesting dynamics in, in this game, and this is one of the games I am most excited to pay attention to. This coming up, you know, couple of days. This this is going to be a really fun one to watch. Obviously, it's the first big game we want, we get. So you know, it, it, it's it's going to be a blast. Uh, do you want me to go ahead and give my notes on this? Yeah, go ahead. I am probably going to watch this game without having any money put on a single team. I if if I was to put money somewhere, ah, this is so tough. Because in my notes, I wrote down stay away. So just stay away, Jake. Listen to yourself. Stay away. Listen to your heart. But it is the first fun game. It's gonna be the one I'm gonna be watching. So something's making me feel like I need to put money somewhere. And if I was putting money somewhere. Give me Pittsburgh seven and a half at home right now. Hey, okay. the reason I'm saying this is I feel like you're going to go opposite to me. Now, you know, we got to have the, the friendly wager going there because I, I feel like you might go opposite from me. Yeah, and I'm going to go opposite from you, I, I will say, but I'm going to do it for one specific reason. A lot like you, Jake, this is the kind of game where I like to sit back, sit back, kick my feet up, you know, just kind of enjoy college football for what it is. But Thursday night we get two games. So I feel like we need to go ahead and mention the second one, which is Penn State at Purdue. And Penn State is a minus – they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite, minus three-and-a-half at um, minus one away dodge. You can get a minus one eight two on the money line. That's a stinky, stinky line for me, man. Like, I, I don't want to touch that game. I don't want to sniff that game. I will be watching that game. But no way in the world would I even think about putting some money on that. That is just stinky. Oh, it's terrifying. Um, it, it it just it feels like they're setting me up because obviously we look at last year. Purdue Purdue was a solid football team last year. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we look at both teams. Both teams have lost some talent. Uh, both teams lost their their leading leading edge rushers with uh, George Carl Loftus and um, you know current Atlanta Falcon uh, Arnold Ebiketti from Penn State. So you know we're look, we're looking at two pretty big losses right there. Obviously Penn State lost that big wide receiver. I, the name is slipping my thoughts right now. The guy that went to the NFL. Blah, 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 his name. Uh, <laughs> you can Google it. You'll find him somewhere. Uh, that, that is a Dotson. game. Yep, John Dotson. That's his name. 
this is a game I am also going to stay away from. But I, I, I will say I'm probably going to sprinkle very lightly, light money, on Purdue at plus three and a half. Like I yeah, said, last I year, Purdue was a better team. Penn State, to me, seems like they run out. This is my problem with this game. Penn State always scares me every year. Because you never know when a Penn State team is going to go 10-2 and two in the regular season. Especially in the beginning of the year. They seem to always start off pretty hot, and then they kind of fall off. So, yeah, no, it's, it's weird, and that's kind of, kind of how I look at it, man, because it's Thursday night. It's the first college, big college day of the year, so I'm going to watch these games, and I feel so obligated to place a bet. And that brings me back to the West Virginia Pitt game. Because if there's a game where I'm more, I feel more comfortable placing a bet, it's in that West Virginia game. So, yes, I am on the West Virginia plus seven and a half. I will tell you why. These teams, man, they're ridiculously similar. So I'm going to give you just a quick breakdown on both teams because it's, it's ridiculous. Obviously, we talk about the quarterbacks and how similar those numbers are. They're very similar players. that came from the same school. So it's like, you know, it, it's just that, that just is even more into how similar they are. So mm-hmm. West Virginia <clears> – <throat> West Virginia returns a pretty good wide receiver core and all five starting offensive line starters. Um, and then obviously you insert JT Daniels. The offense should be much improved from last year, in my opinion. Defensively, their defensive line is loaded. They're returning all of their starting talent. They bring back a solid linebacker core, bring in a couple transfers, but the defensive back core is decimated. You lose transfers, graduates. It, they need some work there. And then you look at Pitt. The offense is so similar. They return all five of their offensive line starters as well. Difference here, they have a really good running back core, and the wide receiver core is a little bit weaker than West Virginia. So West Virginia gets the gets the plus side in the receiving game, and um, Pitt gets the plus side in the running game. Bring in Keaton Slovis. Obviously, we talked about the similarities between him and JT Daniels. The defense is better than West Virginia. They had six all-ACC selections last year, and all of them are returning. Now, I will say they're all defensive line and linebacker starters. So the defensive back core is a little bit weaker here as well, just like West Virginia. But if I'm giving the edge, I'm giving it to Pitt on the defensive side of the ball because of their pass rush, because of their linebacking core, and probably defensive back core is a little bit better. They bring in a couple transfers. Um, but I think this game, what it's really going to come down to, man, I think this is just as bona fide of a quarterback battle as you're going to see week one college football. These guys, it's going to be between Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels, who's going to show up and show out, who's going to play. Um, We've seen both of these guys play time and time again. The numbers are ridiculously similar. So, to me, this comes down to who's going to have a better game. Um, I don't know who I would pick to have a better game quarterback-wise. I've seen JT play. He's played really good ball. He played good ball at UGA. Um, I've seen Keaton play. He's played really good ball, too. Um, so if I'm leaning anywhere, I'm leaning West Virginia because it is a seven and a half point. If this was six and a half, I wouldn't be saying this. But for some reason, you give me that touchdown, that, that touchdown cushion, that seven and a half point hook, um, it, it makes me feel a little bit better than I do about the Penn State Purdue line. It it's it's gonna be a close one for sure. And I, I one thing I am also looking at right here is uh I, the over under set said it, it almost seems like a perfect number for me. Uh, it, it's tough, and I kind of hate that the over. You you know you don't you lose a little bit of juice there with the minus one fifteen the over. But I mean we're talking about about the spread. I mean could you not see a, a what thirty four to twenty eight game that covers the over and you don't get the spread? It's a seven point game. Like there's, there's 
there, there's so many there's so many different things that that could happen. And now I'm now I'm looking at it from a perspective without my notes, and I'm looking at the over. I'm like, okay, this talking about a quarterback battle. This this could be something something I could I might look at. I might look, spring a little bit of money at. I mean, I'm not going to give it to anybody as a lot. Like I'm not going to give it to you listeners as a lot. But I mean, you know, keep an eye on it. If if I if I had to pick the over or under, I'd probably go with the over. Especially when you look at the depleted defensive backfield for both teams. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to be able to move the ball. It's just all about the pass rush. But with the pass rush, I just talked about 10 offensive line starters. They're all coming back for these teams. So, the offensive line's pretty good. Um, so, you kind of counteract the pass rush as much as you can. But this this might be a, an all-out shootout. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a fun one. Like I said, man, I, I know you're going to be paying close attention to it as, as I am. And uh, it, it's it's going to be a blast, man. I. The closer it gets, the more I'm probably going to be enticed to put money on this game. Right now, I'm I'm not really too confident in any bet right now. But that I feel like that's the whole glory of Week One college football. There's not much to go off of. Obviously, there's some Week Zero teams that are playing again this week. But even though we we talked about them earlier, they're not really teams that I would dictate too much off their performances Week Zero to still change my opinion on them. Yep. Yep. Now, All right. This, so. Moving off of Thursday, Jake, do you have any official picks here that you're going to be playing? On Thursday? Yep. Uh, I have two of them I'm going to be playing. Uh, or I mentioned I mentioned the Purdue. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of money on Purdue at th- plus three and a half. I, 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 I'm, I'm not super confident. That's the reason I'm, I'm talking about a sprinkle. Uh, I'm also going to sprinkle some money on Tennessee minus 35 and a half versus Ball State. You look at Tennessee's games last year, Tennessee will put the pedal down on teams and not let up. Tennessee, there's some games last year Tennessee was beating guys by 50. So, Tennessee <laughs> Tennessee's it's it's not going to be a super fun one to watch. Obviously, Tennessee's probably going to blow them out. But I, do I see Tennessee beating Ball State 34 to nothing? Obviously, they're probably going to give up some points, but like I I I'm I'm pretty confident in this game. Like I I I'm not Crazy confident, but I, could I see like a sixty-six to fourteen game? Probably. Like, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me with how high-powered Tennessee's offense is. So that that's another one I'm looking at. Uh, I do have a note: uh, Louisiana Tech in at Missouri. I'm going to stay away from that game. That is why I didn't note that twenty and a half for Missouri is a little bit scary for me. Uh, and then the under fifty-two and a half for New Mexico State in Minnesota. Uh, New Mexico State only scored twelve against Nevada last week. I feel like they're going to be playing a better defense this week against Minnesota, and I don't know if Minnesota has enough firepower to cover the other 50 points involved for that spread. Yeah, that's a pretty good assessment there. I guess we might as well just run through them all while we're here um, and talk about picks at the end. So we talked about the West Virginia game. We talked about the Penn State game. Uh, for the other games on Thursday, you got Central Michigan going into a 22.5-point dog at Oklahoma State. Obviously, Ball State and Tennessee, like Jake just said, Tennessee being a 35.5-point favorite. Louisiana Tech at Missouri. Missouri, a 20.5-point favorite there. And then rounding it out Thursday night, you have New Mexico State at Minnesota, like Jake just mentioned, with Minnesota being a 36.5-point favorite. So um, as far as Thursday goes for me, I only have one play, and I'm going to be playing uh, West Virginia plus 7.5. Okay, cool. Well, we can have a little bit of fun with that one. That's, That's not a bad play. All right, all right. All right, let's move into Friday. Friday night, we have a few games as well. I believe we have one, two, three, four, five. Five games Thursday night. Um, or Friday night, excuse me. So Friday night, we have um, TCU at Colorado. TCU is a 13.5-point favorite. 
We have Western Michigan at Michigan State. Michigan State is a 23.5-point favorite, 15-ranked team there. Um, we have Virginia Tech at Old Dominion. Virginia Tech is a 6.5-point favorite here. We have Temple at Duke, Duke being a 7.5-point favorite here. This line just moved from 6.5 uh, within the past few minutes. And then rounding it out, we have Illinois at Indiana. Indiana is a minus 1.5-point favorite here. Okay, um, Friday night I have two plays for you. Um, let's I also get your have opinions. two. Okay, let's get your opinions on this. I'll, I'll just kick off my one, and I'll let you hit your number one. Um, my number one play for this Friday night game is TCU. I've got TCU at minus 13 and a half. You know, I, I love that TCU one, and I actually completely skipped over that game on accident because it's like, if you look at it on here, it's like it's like its own little section, section spot. Uh, I'd probably also go TCU uh, 13 and a half. I put money on Colorado at one point last year, and I kept on doing it. It was one of the one of those nights we stayed up late watching college football, and I was confident, so I did a live bet while laying in bed uh, right before I was about to go to sleep, and I, I still lost more money betting on Colorado. So, yeah, I'm going to avoid the Colorado train. I'd probably also go TCU at 13.5. Yeah, I mean, quick note here. This one was just easy for me. TCU was a very competitive team last year in a much, 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 much better conference than Colorado. Um TCU plays in the Big 12. They had several good teams that they played last year very, very close. Uh, and I think they're just a much improved team. They bring back a lot of talent. And then Colorado, it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Obviously, like I just said, they play in a in a bad conference. They're a bad team. They have a really, really bad offense, one of the bottom offenses in college as far as total production goes. Um, and they really didn't get better at all. Worse, you could argue, because they replaced 80% of their offensive coaching staff. Um, and they lost over 50% of the starters on the – already bad defense as well so 13 and a half tcu i feel like it, I, i'm pretty confident about that one so i'll for sure be on that no, I, um, I respect it my second play here i've got um the western michigan michigan state game um i've got western michigan here plus 23 and a half okay okay and you know what's funny uh let me go ahead and mention my top pick because my top pick was western michigan plus 23 and a half at michigan state and i thought it was bold but i'm i'm, I'm happy you went that yeah. route so i'm, I'm gonna let so you that's your number versus, one pick that that was my that was that was one of my picks i'm not gonna say number one but that was one of my picks i made i have two picks as well that was one of mine okay okay well, this one was pretty simple for me as well um there is a little bit of an x factor in this and i will say it, it's caleb ellaby um caleb ellaby is a very 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 good quarterback he's gone um, he entered the draft. I know he got a workout with the Seahawks. I'm not sure. I don't think he's on a team right now. Um, but he was a great college quarterback, man. This team was 12th in the nation in total offense last year. And like I said, I know they lost LB, who is a great quarterback. But they bring back a 2,000-yard, 19-touchdown running back tandem. This duo is coming back in one of the best offensive lines in the country. And they're returning all their starters there as well. The defense was also among one of the best in the nation at generating sacks. I mean, the pressure was there, second in the nation in third downs, um, and they finished first in the MAC in total defense, allowing just 330 yards and 28 points per game, which is pretty solid considering a team like Western Michigan. And pretty much the only reason why I feel so good about this is because of the number. 23 and a half just seems like way too many points for me. I'm not high on this Michigan State team. I wasn't high on them last year. Did they impress me? Absolutely. I think they impressed everybody. They're headed in this year at the 15 spot ranked 15 in the country um I, I just think it's going to be a little bit of a letdown season for them coming off last year and, and i think 23 and a half is just way too many points yeah i i that that's the same route i was going uh i my x factor for this game it's not even x factor because it's not there no more is uh kenneth walker at michigan state you looked last year at what what he did for michigan state uh they outrushed opponents last year by 59 
rushing yards per game, which is a, is a pretty significant margin. But uh, talking about a per game basis, they gave up uh, 71 more yards passing per game last year than they than they had. So they had a huge plus in rushing yards, a huge minus in passing yards. And this this Western this Western Michigan team is a team that can put up points. Like this this is this is a offense that can drop some points on you. And like you had mentioned, that 23 and a half, that, that's a big spread for a team like this. I think this is, and we're talking about it. I'm not, I'm not going to say that Western Michigan is going to play a super competitive game against them because obviously a 21 point win for Michigan State still a pretty solid win. But I mean, I, I, could, I, could I see this being a 10 point game and a lot of people are being shocked because Michigan State just played a 10 point game against the unranked Michigan or Western Michigan? Yes. Uh, so I, I'm going the same route as you, plus 23 and a half on the Western Michigan for sure. I think no matter what happens in this game, whether Michigan State wins by 21 or Michigan State wins by three, um, I think Michigan State's going to fall back farther than 15th in the rankings headed into week two. Yes, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. All right, well, um, that's it for me uh, Friday night, Jake. So what else you got? I have, and I, I will say that in Friday night, my, my quotes next to the Friday night games, other than the TCU game, uh, is, is ugly games. Because these are some... Some stinkers to me. I, I'm I'm not too pumped up about too many Friday Friday games. Uh, but I do have the under 48 and a half Virginia Tech at Old Dominion. Neither of these teams score points. So I, I think this is going to be an absolute slugfest, low scoring game. You know, you find the end zone two times, kill field goal, you you might win this game. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the under 48 and a half. I don't I don't see either I don't see both teams put up 24 plus to help cover that cover that points spread any. So no, I think that's a pretty good assessment. And I will say I don't have any other official picks here, but this uh, Duke Temple line kind of intrigues me a little bit with it moving. It just got off six and a half and moved to seven and a half. Duke is just an egregious football team. Yeah, um, Duke is awful. And Temple's not much better. They're probably, I mean, they're worse than than Duke. But Temple, for what Temple is, I mean, seven and a half points at Duke. I mean, I, I, I don't hate that. I, I don't hate it either. And I will tell you one thing too. Uh, stay away from the Indiana Illinois game. That, that, that's all I'm going to say about that one. Uh, do you want to mention? Uh, all right, that, that, that Illinois had a, had a had a solid win last week. Uh, but these these two are these are two bad football teams. Two. Terrible football teams. Um, I guess if you're feeling confident one way or another, you could put money on it. It's a one and a half spread. Uh, but I will be staying away from that game with everything in me. I will never touch that game in my life. Agreed. No thanks. Um, we have uh, is, is we have Jacob's picks. Are we going to mention Jacob's picks? Because I know he mentioned that one. Said he's going to have a little sprinkle on uh at, on Illinois plus one and a half. You do have Jacob's picks in front of me. You want me to go go as we go, or you want me to just run through them at the end? You can just run through them at the end. That's fine. We'll cover them All at right, the end. Let's do that. All right, Jake, you got anything else for Friday? That's that's it for me on Friday. All right, let's head into Saturday. All right, here Big we go. Day. First Saturday of the year. College football, man. Get to wake up, 9 a.m., fire up ESPN, watch college game day, hang around, eat a little breakfast, get a little breakfast beers in you, get ready oh, yeah. to watch the dogs go out and stomp Oregon at 3.30. Let's kick it off, man. All right, I am um, I'm looking at FanDuel right now. The games, for the most part, are in chronological order from when they take place. Uh, there may be a couple in and out here. Is that a super big deal to you, or you just want me to run in order of what I see? You can just run in order of what you see. 
All right, first game on my list. This is NC State at East Carolina. NC State is an 11 and a half point favorite. Um, I personally do not have anything on this game. Do you, Jake? I am going to go NC State uh, minus 11 and a half. Uh, I think that with Devin Leary at quarterback, if I'm correct, right? Devin Leary, NC State. Heisman hopeful. Yep, Heisman hopeful. Devin Leary. Uh, I I don't I don't see him playing a competitive game against East Carolina. I, I, that's my only only you know live take on that. I, I feel like that they're going to go out there and they're going to put up some points. And I don't know if East Carolina is going to be able to keep up. It is interesting though because it is East Car- it is at East Carolina. But I mean NC State. I'm sure you know it's it's not very far. Like <laughs> they're not very far from each other. I'm sure they'll get some fan base out there too. So you know I, I'm going to roll with the uh, minus eleven and a half NC State. See, one interesting thing about this is I'm pretty high on NC State. I have them pretty up. If you listen to our past episodes, our preseason power rankings, I have NC State up pretty high, man, and and I'm pretty high on them. But what I will say about East Carolina is they're a sneaky team, and they really can run the football. Um, And I'm a little bit biased here, so hand up. I'll go ahead and say it. But East Carolina's starting running back is a hometown boy. Um, Went to the same high school as I did. Won a couple state championships out there, and that's Mr. Keaton Mitchell. he is a sophomore, and last year as a redshirt freshman, rushed for 1,200 yards with nine touchdowns, um, 1,400 yards from scrimmage, 10 total touchdowns. This dude is a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. He's physical. He's fast. He can run between the tackles. He can get outside and, and kind of burn you. Um, but this team, East Carolina, they're a little sneaky. I do like NC State. If I was leaning anywhere, I would certainly go with the 11.5, but that is the only reason I stayed away from that one. Okay. I respect it. All right, heading into the next one on my list. This is where I have number seven, Utah at Florida. Um, I want to preface this game by saying, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk a lot of SEC football. We do breakdowns from the East and West. We're diehard Georgia fans, and we are 100% biased. And now the football is here. We hate everybody. So I will say, Jake, and you'll probably agree with me, we've probably been a little nice for other SEC teams. We talk about teams like Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Auburn. We talk about Tennessee. We talk about Florida. We talk about teams like this week in, week out when we're doing our SEC breakdowns. And we've been a little bit kind to these teams. Yes. Um, But that is just not going to happen anymore, guys. No. Not at all. Football season's here. Um, if If you're not with us, you're against us. And we're diehard Georgia fans. So um, what I think might be the biggest lock of week one is Utah minus two and a half. Um, Florida, obviously, they are an absolute garbage program right now. They are just chomping at the bit to win any type of football game they can. And, boy, do they have a task in front of them. Week one, you get a 7 o'clock night game against Utah, the number seven ranked team in the country. A minus two and a half line right here, like, that just, I mean, I, I don't even see how they got that number. I will for sure be bringing out the biggest sledgehammer I can and hammering that minus two and a half with Utah, and that's pretty much all I have to say about that one. It's free money to me. I also have that same game. Uh, we, we talk about, uh, obviously, we talk about AR-15 um, coming out there and doing his thing. Uh, Utah, Utah plays a pretty tough defense, man. And I, the one saving grace for Florida in this game is that it's in Florida. That, that's one thing that is notable, but still. Uh, Obviously, like the other side of the ball, Utah, Cam Rising. Cam Rising might not be the most flashy quarterback. He may not be the best quarterback, but he can make plays. And I don't think that this Florida team can compete with this Utah team on the offensive side of the ball 
or the defensive side of the ball. So I am with you. Uh, Utah minus two and a half. I am all the way on that. One of the biggest locks of the week for me. I think minus 146 on the money line is pretty good odds there as well. I, I would even think about that if you may be on the fence. But, guys, if you're on the fence at this two-and-a-half point line, you need to get off of it quickly. Yeah, ho- hopefully hopefully uh, we don't we don't look look dumb on next week's podcast. So <laughs> I, I, I'm confident. I don't think we will. But, but you know, hopefully, hopefully not because I'm going to say a couple locks that I have, and, you know, we might have some interesting things to go on. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. All right, headed into the next one, which in my opinion is a total stinker. Colorado State at number eight, Michigan. Michigan's 30.5-point favorite. Absolutely nothing for me on this. No, thank you. I'm out. All right, next on my list, we've got the Buffalo Bulls at Maryland. Uh, Maryland is a 24.5-point favorite. I think Maryland is significantly the better team. I'm not sure if they're 25 points better, so uh, nothing for me on this either. I am also out on that game. The next one, which I'm actually pretty excited to watch this. I'll be tuning in this one for sure. We got North oh, yeah. Carolina at App State. Um, this is a banger, dude. This is a really, really good game. Um, I'm not going to be placing a bet on this. I will just kick my feet up and see what happens. You can get North Carolina. at a, I mean, it, it's a pick them at, at, at minus 110 on the money line. Either way you look at it, they are a half a point favorite. Um, so I will not be placing a bet on this. If I did, I would probably lean. Oof. I don't know. <laughs> this is tough, isn't it? Man, this is tough. I I have no clue. Do you have anything on this? I don't have anything on this game besides the same stuff you just said. This will probably, no matter what team you're a fan of and no matter the prestige of these two schools, uh, this will probably be one of the more fun games you can you can catch on Saturday. So I would definitely try to tune into this one. Yeah, 100%. All right, getting a little bit into the later games. We're in the 2.30 hour right now. Um, we head into Bowling Green at UCLA. UCLA is a 23.5 point favorite. Um, no thank you. Yeah, no thank you. I'm, I'm the same way as you. All right, heading into the next game. This is a 3.30 kickoff. Cincinnati at Arkansas. We get our first ranked matchup. Um, the 23, 23rd ranked Bearcats travel to, is it, is this, this isn't neutral site, right? This is in Arkansas. I believe it's in Arkansas, yes. To play the 19th-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, I do have a pick on this. Uh, I feel pretty good about this. This is uh, You can get Arkansas at minus 6.5. Uh, I actually got them at 6. I got Arkansas at minus 6 earlier this morning. Went ahead and placed my bet here. Um, I feel pretty good about Arkansas, even at the 6.5. This is one. Of, this is the second, or the second lock I'm going to put out there. Uh, Arkansas is going to beat Cincinnati by more than 6.5. I, I can guarantee it. I honestly think that Cincinnati's looking at a big decline this year. Uh, we look at we look at a guy like Desmond Ritter. I know I'm a Falcons fan. Desmond Ritter is an Atlanta Falcon now. One of the most successful quarterbacks in college football history. I don't know if you can replace that. Um, obviously, he's, he's in the league. He's balling out in preseason, makes some top-tier throws. They also lose their top two corners to the NFL draft, two guys that absolutely locked up both sides of the fields for them in college. Uh, and... We always talk about Arkansas, and I know we said we're done talking nicely about teams, but this Arkansas team is is legit, man. Don't sleep on this Arkansas team. I, I'm confident that this Arkansas team is going to handle Cincinnati very easily. So I am also going to hammer that that minus six. Oh, yeah, and I mean, we obviously don't want to be overly nice to SEC teams, but when you get a ranked matchup against an American Conference team with a pretty favorable line, in my opinion, I mean, yeah. you got to give the, the, the edge to the SEC team. 
Yeah, I agree. If if they had a similar line as uh, the Georgia Oregon game, I would I would probably still think about putting my money on Arkansas. <laughs> All right, so headed into the next one, man. This one's pretty interesting to me. This is probably my uh, most interesting line of the week, and this is uh, on my list of locks. We have number number twenty four, Houston, <clears throat> traveling to Texas to play the uh, UTSA Roadrunners. This Roadrunners team was kind of a wagon last year. They Crept up a lot of people's betting boards, and a lot of people won some money on UTSA. But uh, four and a half, that's the line here. Number 24 ranked Houston, who, in my opinion, is the favorite to win the American Conference. I had them winning it over Cincinnati. Four and a half, that just does not seem like enough points. I would have, if I were, if you, if you said, Kenny, Houston at UTSA, what do you think the line would be at? I wouldn't be surprised to see 10. Um so four and a half is kind of perplexing. I know UTSA is not any slouch of a football team, but if you give me Houston at four and a half against this team, I'll take it all day long. No, I, I respect it. Uh, I, me personally, you talk about UTSA, we talk about what they did last year. I am going to stay away from this game for at this point in the year. Now, if we could get this game, you know, week three, and I could see a little bit more from these teams, I I, I might would lean towards it, you know, Towards towards one way or another, but I, I'm probably going to lean away from it. If I was to put a bet on it, I would go the four and a half with you on Houston. Uh, I, I, I like that Houston team a lot. I think they they got some ballers. Obviously, we're talking about the conference they play in. Uh, but I, I had to stick away from it for a little bit. Maybe my mind will be changed by Saturday, though. All right, all right, all right. That's fair. All right, heading into the next one, we got UTEP at number nine, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's thirty-one and a half point favorite. Um, no thanks. Yep, I'm staying away. All right, Arizona at San Diego State. You can get San Diego State at minus five and a half. Um, this one feels pretty stinky to me. If I was leaning anywhere, I'd probably lean to Arizona at the plus five and a half, but I will not be touching it. I am on the same boat. All right. Tulsa at Wyoming. <laughs> College football's back when you look at a Tulsa-Wyoming football game. Exactly. That, that's how you know it's back. That is how you know uh, it is back. You have to do eight hours of research to feel confident in a pick right here. <laughs> you can get Tulsa minus six and a half here. The over-under set at an incredibly low 44 and a half, and that's because neither of these teams are very good and score a lot of points. So, no thanks. <laughs> I Like I just said, I am with you. I did not do my eight hours of research. All right, this is a pretty interesting one. Um, I know a lot of people are on this one. Jake, you might be. Uh, this is Troy at... Number 21, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a 21.5-point favorite here, over-under set at 57.5. Funnily, uh, I said funnily. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a new word. Um, I'm not on this one. 21.5, uh, I, I, I get nervous, man. Whenever you start getting to the 21.5, the 14.5, 7.5, like you mentioned earlier, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that make me a little nervous, and I, I'm, I'm going to avoid it, man. I, I'm really curious to see what this Ole Miss team does without their Matt Corral and their Jerrion Ely, you know, pretty much running that offense. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what they could do. Uh, I'm not super big on Troy, but, I mean, 21.5 is, is not like a super, you know, insignificant margin. So I, I'm, I'm going to stick away from that one this week. I lie, bet. I changed my mind. I'm on Ole Miss, minus 21.5. Okay, I, I respect it. I mean, if, if I was going, I, I, w- I wouldn't bet my money on plus 21 half Troy. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give a lock on Ole Miss minus 21 half. If I, if I was to put a bet, it, w- it would be Ole Miss. The more I look at it, the more I like it. So I, I'm on it. I'll take it. Um, all right, next game, I got number 25, 
BYU at USF, South Florida, BYU minus 11.5. I do not have anything on this game. However, minus 11.5 is a little bit intriguing to me. Um, it South is. Florida it is. is. South Florida is a team that doesn't score a lot of points. You can get the over-under here at 58.5. You know, that's relatively high, all things considered, but this is a game that I could see a lot similar to that Tennessee game. (laughs) This could be like a 66-20 to game, a 66-14. to Um, You know, 11.5 might be a little close. I'm not touching it, but um, BYU I think is probably more than 11.5 points better than South Florida. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not touching either. But I, I do agree with what you're, with what you're saying. All right, we got Texas State at Nevada. Uh, another stinker. Nevada minus a half a point. Uh, Texas State. I mean, these are just two bad football teams. Uh, this is a pick. I'm at minus one ten on the money line. No, thank you for me. Um, I, I am going to pick Nevada. This is one I actually have marked down. I, I'm rolling with Nevada. Nevada is a team that. You know, they, they went eight and four last year in the regular season. Uh, Texas State, pretty bad. Uh, I'm not too confident in it, but I do think I'm going to put a little bit of money on Nevada. Nevada did have it. You know, they did start the season off with a win this year. So, you know, let's go with Nevada. They already got that game under their belt. And, you know, they face on Texas State next. Let's go Texas State. Or let's go, I'm sorry, let's go Nevada. Money line. Texas State was four and eight last year. Tennessee at James Madison. James Madison's a minus five and a half point favorite here. I actually do have a pick in this game. I'm on James Madison at the minus five and a half. I like that. I like James Madison. I, I feel like whenever I do watch them play football, uh, rarely. Whenever I do get to watch them play football, though, they 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 seem to they seem to impress me. All right, I, I like this next game too. I do have a pick. We got FAU at Ohio. Um, FAU, you can get a minus four and a half, uh, minus one ninety six on the money line. The over under set at fifteen and a half. This is my first parlay of the year. Okay, let's same, hear it. Same game parlay. I have FAU minus four and a half and the over 50 and a half here. I respect it. I actually love that pick. I think that FAU, and I don't have this marked down. I think I feel like I missed this game, but I, if, if I would have seen this, FAU at minus four and a half seems like an absolute steal to me. Like FAU usually runs on a pretty solid team, so I, I, I would run the same route as you. And if you listened last week, you'll know that uh, FAU actually wants a little bit of money. Jake and I were both on FAU. I believe it was minus 11 and a half. Could have been 10 and a half last week, and um, they won pretty heavily. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we love, we love so, teams that can give us money. That's right. That's right. All right. Rice at number 14, USC. Um, this is a stinky line. I'm not going to touch this one, but I am pretty excited about this game because we're going to get our first Lincoln Riley USC action. Yeah, I, I, I am excited about this one. Again, with you, not going to touch this game with the 10-foot pole. But, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to tune into it a little bit, check it out, see what's going on with uh, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley over at USC. All right, let's get into a little bit of big boy football right here. Um, next on my list, this is where I have number 11, Oregon, in Atlanta against your reigning national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Um, the line just went from Georgia. Georgia's been minus 17 for weeks. And for whatever reason, it came down to 16 and a half this week. So thank you very much, Vegas. I am on Georgia at minus 16 and a half. It would, it's only right to be on Georgia at minus 16 and a half, right? I, I also have that marked down. You ha- I, not even being a fan of the team, uh, I, I just looked back at last year and everybody was like, oh, yeah, Georgia, Michigan. Are you, know, you going to put that big of a spread on Georgia over Michigan? And I did. And Georgia won me some significant money. So. I'm going to do the same thing week one this year, and I'm going to roll with Georgia minus 16 and a half over Oregon 
at Mercedes-Benz. I'm with you. Yeah, this is a no doubt for me. Dogs by 90 here. Facts. All right, pretty exciting game right here. We got number five, Notre Dame, at number two, Ohio State. Ohio State is 17.5-point favorites. Uh, the over-under set at 59.5. I personally do not have anything on this game. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy watching this game. It's a 7.30 game, so it's going to be after the. Wait, Kenny, I think your mic cut out. No, I cannot hear you. We, we have lost Kenny on the audio. I'm out. No, you're, you're in there. You're in there now. You're good. All right. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. All right. I was just saying, we got number five, Notre Dame, at number two, Ohio State. Um, Ohio State's a 17.5-point favorite here. The over-under set at 59.5. I do not have anything on this game, um, but I am excited about it. It's a 7.30 game, so we're going to get to watch this after the dogs wrap up. I'll sit back and, and watch a little C.J. Stroud action. You got anything on this one? No. Uh, if, if I did, I, w I would probably lean Ohio State minus 17.5, but I'm, I'm not super confident in it. Uh, I know we talk a lot of trash about Notre Dame on this podcast, but I'm still not going to sleep on them enough to slouch them 17.5, so yeah, I I'm, not, I'm not on this one. All right, all right. Um, just hitting on the remainder of the games we got here for y'all boys. We have got Liberty at Southern Miss. Um, Liberty is a three-and-a-half-point favorite here. At Southern Miss, I don't have an official pick on this game, but now that I'm looking at it, I like Liberty minus three and a half. Yeah, I don't have a pick on it either. Obviously, Liberty lost their uh, their star player Malik Willis this year to the NFL draft, so it, it, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I'm I'm off of this game. I, I don't really have any any take on this one. All right, all right. Um, next game for me, I've got Miami Miami Ohio at number twenty Kentucky. Kentucky's a sixteen and a half point favorite. The over under set of fifty three and a half. I really, really, really like that over 53-and-a-half. However, I do not have a ticket on it um, because I am on Kentucky at minus 16-and-a-half here. Got to be, right? That's, that's the only right choice. That line seems way too juicy to pass up on. Kentucky, 16-and-a-half, uh, Miami, Ohio. I, that is another one I have, I have marked down. I, I agree with you 100%. All right, another stinker. We got UMass at Tulane. Tulane's a 28-and-a-half point favorite. Over-under set of 58-and-a-half. No thanks. Nope, I will be out on that one. All right, now this was a pretty good game. I'm pretty pumped to see this. Um, we've got Army at Coastal. Coastal's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, this is a tough one. Army is so scary. They are a terrifying team to play. Um, they scared the absolute hell out of Tennessee, which is why Tennessee took them off their schedule and put Ball State in there. Um, so they go week one to Coastal Carolina and play that, that coastal team that is pretty good. So two and a half, man. I'm leaning coastal, but I'm not gonna place a ticket here because I do support the troops. Yeah, I, I Army is another team that you said like like you said scares me. Uh, I, I'm not gonna go against them. I, I'm not gonna bet on this game, but I, I would I would probably lean coastal if I if I had to. All right, moving to the next, you got SMU at North Texas. SMU is 11 and a half point favorite. The over under is set in an absurd 68 and a half. Um, <laughs> If I were going to place any ticket on this game, it would be the under because 68 is a lot of points, but I'm not going to touch it. I'm, I'm nowhere near that game either. No, thank you. All right, moving into the game of the week. We got a very, very big dog fight here between unranked Utah State in Bryant-Denny against number one Alabama. Alabama is a 42.5 point favorite. The over-under set is 62.5. Alabama may score 62.5 by themselves. Yeah, they they... Very much might. Uh, I 
don't know if I want to bet this anything on this game, though. I, I'm probably out on this game. Uh, notable thing is, though, I mean, Utah State did, you know, they were they were eleven and three last year, and they beat Oregon State in the in in their bowl game. So you know, props to them. You know, I'm not gonna put anything on them. <laughs> no, especially after a, a kind of a, a cat scratch dog fight against UConn last exactly. week in week zero, and UConn's one of the worst football teams in the nation. So, oh, that's a tough one. I feel bad for those boys traveling to Alabama. Man, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a rough weekend for them guys. All right, Jake, you got a ticket on this one. Memphis no. at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, 16.5-point favorite. I don't. I don't have a ticket on this one. There's some teams There's some teams in college football that you look at, and they don't scare you. But you're like, okay, this team, this team can play decent ball. This is a team I've seen play decent football. And one of those teams to me is Memphis. I don't play around with Memphis. So I, I am going to leave this alone. I, 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 I'm confident Mississippi State is going to win. Don't get me wrong on that, but I am not going to be betting the 16 and a half on this. I'm, I'm out on that. I like the over 57 and a half. I do like the over. I, I do think that this is going to be a scoring game. 16 and a half is just, is just risky. If I was going to bet a spread, I would bet Mississippi State 16 and a half, but I would not be very confident in it. All right, and moving into the next game, I have a pretty heavy ticket on this one. We got Georgia State at South Carolina. I've got South Carolina at minus 12 and a half. That is uh, one of my most heavily favored picks of the weekend. One of the biggest locks, Georgia State. You're going to give Georgia, you're going to give South Carolina only 12 and a half against Georgia State in South Carolina. Yeah, good luck. Uh, give me South Carolina every day of the week. Thank you. Also, I like the over here, 56 and a half. I do too. And I will tell you this 100%. Minus 490 may not be a super big juicer. I mean, just throw that into a little parlay, man. Just cut, just get a little, you know, pretty pretty heavily favorite, favorite parlay going and just add that on top, man, because we, we, South Carolina, George, George State, South Carolina, South Carolina is going to tear these boys up. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. All right, the 8 o'clock hour, we've got Louisiana Monroe at Texas. We get to see some Quinn Ewers action. You get Texas a minus 37 and a half. I don't know who is on this game. God bless you if you are. It's a lot of points. <laughs> it's a lot of points. <laughs> no, thank you. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, pretty good game right here. We got Louisville at Syracuse. Uh, Louisville's a four and a half point favorite. I like Louisville this year. I really do. I think they've got a pretty good team. Uh, Syracuse is one of those teams, though, that gives teams fits. Syracuse is like notorious for playing Clemson tough year in and year out. Um, so four and a half uh, is kind of a scary number for me because I look at it and I'm immediately inclined to think Louisville. But um, this might be a little bit of an exciting game to watch. One of the better ACC matchups of the weekend. Yeah, this is when I paused on for a second when I was when I was going through these teams. Oh, excuse me. And uh. I, I couldn't make a pick. I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Uh, you just mentioned Syracuse is a team that has those little scary games throughout the year. They're another team that I talk about, like a Memphis. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't want to bet against these guys. And Louisville, Louisville to me, kind of falls in the same category. I do think Louisville is the better football team, but I, I, I'm not going to make a bet on this game. No, no, and I'm with you. Um, all right, headed into the next one, and we're getting a little bit close here for y'all listeners. We got Kent State at Washington. Kent State is a uh, 23 and a half point dog against the Huskies. Um, the over-under set at 59 and a half. I'm not on anything in this game. I do lean Washington, though. Yeah, same way. I'm, I don't have anything, but I would, I would, I would, I would be confident in Washington hitting the 34. Or not 34, 24. I'm going to go 24 because that's pretty much got to get. 
All right, exciting game for me because this is the uh, late hour, the 10.30 lineup, these uh, these few games we got right here, and I'll be watching this one, and I have a pretty heavy ticket on this one. Boise State at Oregon State. Oregon State, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I am hammering Oregon State here. Yes, I, I agree. Oregon State is the better football team, and uh, Boise State, they're not going to be playing on that ugly field they get to play on. So let's go Oregon State, minus two-and-a-half. I'm with you. All right, rounding it out for Saturday, we got a midnight matchup, Western Kentucky at Hawaii. Hawaii is a 15-and-a-half-point dog. You can get Western Kentucky at the minus 15-and-a-half. You can get the over-under at 67-and-a-half here. Um, we just watched Hawaii get dog-walked by Vandy. So um, I don't know anything about Western Kentucky, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. But if you give me Hawaii against a high school team, with 15 and a half points to play with, I may be inclined to take the high school team. I, I agree. I don't have anything on this game, but after last weekend, it, it does make me feel a little bit inclined to put some money on Western Kentucky. All right, two more games on the slate for week one of college football. I know it's been a long one, boys. We appreciate y'all for sticking with us and listening, but we got two bangers right here to round it out. Um, I am on both of these games, Jake. I'm not sure if you are, mm-hmm. but... Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we get Florida State at LSU. LSU is a three-and-a-half point favorite. You can get them at minus 164 on the money line. The over-under is set at 51-and-a-half. What do you have here, Jake? So now I'm thinking about back on my record predictions. I'm, I'm just going to let people, the listeners know that I'm going to completely break those if anybody remembers my record predictions now that I'm doing this because I did not go back and research what I had. Like, I don't know if I had Florida State beating LSU week one. But now I'm looking at now, Florida State's not going to be LSU week one, even if I did have it. Uh, I, you're just going to play at LSU. It's one of the toughest places to play in college football. I have LSU covering the minus three and a half, and you get some plus money there at plus 102. So it makes it a little bit more intriguing. That, that's my pick. And I, I will say, very tough choice right here. It's going to be a great game. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I, 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 the over-under is a little bit intriguing for me, but I just don't know what route this game is going to take. So I, I, I think I'm going to stick off of that. I do not believe you had Florida State winning this game. I think we both had this listed as key games for LSU on their schedule breakdown, but if I remember correctly, I think we had LSU both winning this game. I think so. I think we did. So I look at this pretty interestingly. Um, LSU at minus 3.5. You can get them plus 102, um, but that that 3.5, and and do I think LSU wins this game by four points? I do. But with all the questions that have come through LSU this offseason, especially you talk about a guy like Miles Brennan who's left the program, um, I'll tell you, this money line, this LSU money line here at minus 164, this is what I'm on. I think there's a pretty good odds, all things considered. Um, so LSU money line, I- I'm taking it right here. Yeah, and that, that's one of those bets, too, where you can do that LSU money line and then throw on some money lines like we talked about, the South Carolina-Georgia State money line, and you can get that to plus money pretty quickly. So, I mean, I, I a little three-team parlay with, with you know, this LSU money line and maybe two two teams that are, like, mid-tier favorites, like a Kentucky and South Carolina, You, I think you should be ending up in plus money. I'm, I'm actually about to check that. Uh, South Carolina... I will throw Mississippi State on there. Go ahead and get go ahead and get a little SEC. Yeah, if you do a Mississippi State, South Carolina, LSU, Kentucky money line parlay, that gets you plus one forty four. So I mean, you get interesting odds right there. Yeah, it's pretty juicy. Yeah, I, right. I, I agree. That that's that's very nice odds for a money line. Let's head into the last game of the week. This um, is my had... favorite bet. Favorite bet right here. 
Yeah, this is also on my list of locks. Uh, you have number four Clemson traveling to the city of Atlanta to play the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Clemson is a 22.5 point favorite, over under set at 50.5. Um, I'm putting a pretty heavy yoon on uh, Clemson at minus 22.5 here. I, I agree with you 100%. I have a beautiful theory right here. A beautiful theory. If you don't want to lose money, put a bet on Clemson minus 22 and a half and put a bet on the under 50 and a half. Because if Clemson does not hit the minus 22 and a half, that game went under. That is the only thing I can tell you. That game is going under if Clemson is not hitting that spread. Georgia Tech is not going to give them much help. So all that means is that Clemson did not score many points on offense. Um, and also, I feel like you have a pretty good chance of hitting both. I, I yeah. probably would. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take my chance to parlay them two together. But I think you have a pretty significant chance to hit both of them. I don't think this Clemson offense is super high powered. But could I see like a thirty-four to seven game? Yes. Like that's. I just don't think Georgia Tech is going to put up any points on this Clemson defense. I think it's going to be a tough route for them. So I'm going to be putting a bet, two separate bets. Clemson minus 22 and a half, and I'm also going to put a bet on the under 50 and a half. I like that. That's a pretty good strategy there. It's guaranteed right, money. Y'all. Guaranteed money. Well, that, that rounds it out. Week one college football. It is here. We are ready. We get ball on a Thursday night, on a Friday night. Obviously, all day Saturday, we get Sunday and Monday. And if you guys are listening, when you round out that Monday of college football, You've only got three more days until the NFL season kicks off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're getting close. We're getting close to the ball. We're pumped up. We're excited. There's so much stuff going on. It's, it's, it's about to be electric. All right. Well, before we get out of here, I want to run through this. Um, our, our other co-host here, Mr. Jacob, um, he is not on the show tonight, but I do have his picks. So I will go through these and, and kind of read y'all what, what this man has listed for us tonight. All right, Jacob is on Utah minus two and a half. He said he may do alt line minus seven here. Oh. Um, he is on Arkansas minus six. It did move to six and a half. If I know Jacob, he's probably still on it with the half point. He is on Pitt money line, the seven and a half point line against West Virginia. He likes that. Um, he's also sprinkling a little bit on Purdue plus three and a half and Illinois plus one and a half. Jacob had a couple parlays here for y'all as well. He is going to do a Missouri, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Michigan State money line parlay. Okay. Don't know what the odds are there. We'll have to check on that later. Um, and then he's throwing a little flyer out here. Week one college football, what, what would it be without just throwing a, an absolute Hail Mary into the wind? Jay, Mr. Jacob here has a 10-team parlay for us. He's got NC State, TCU, BYU, Kentucky, SMU, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Clemson, Washington, and Ole Miss, all money line. Probably plus, I don't even know. Um, the number be Jay, 400, 300? He did send us for this 10-team um, parlay $20 bet to win 60 bucks. Is that plus 300? Or plus, so. plus 200? I think. I don't know. I can't think of that on top of my head. I'm, I'm not a professional better. I just, I just type it in. Machine, tell me what money get back, and I do. So that, that's pretty much how I break it down. <laughs> it's a big math show. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm not going to try to guess on it. I'm sure somebody's out there like, oh, you idiots. It's plus 150. Like, it has to be a pretty round out number if it's $20 to win 60 on the dot. But, you know, I, I don't think it's particularly 60 on the dot. So we'll see how it works. 
Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We don't. We can't trust Jacob's numbers here. <laughs> Thanks. The man. The man bet on the Illinois game. So. Yeah, Jacob thought. Jacob thought he was going through FanDuel, scrolling through the odds. Really, he was on his calculator. <laughs> we love you, Jacob. Uh, we appreciate what you do for us and joining us on the show. I, I want to go ahead and mention that for you know, just so it doesn't seem like we're just roasting you without you here. <laughs> we do love you. We love you. We appreciate you. All right, well, that's week one. That's college football for y'all. We went through all the games, all the lines, told you the odds. We're uh, curious to see what y'all boys think about it. If you're listening or watching us live on the YouTube, hop in there. Give us give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Drop some comments. Let us know what you think about our picks, what kind of picks you guys are thinking. Um, if you're listening on, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to check us out on YouTube as well, like I just mentioned. Check us out on all the socials, Peach State Pod on Twitter. We're out there trying to post some content, post some bangers. We'll be releasing a little bit of betting, uh, betting results, a little bit of money, hopefully headed into our bank accounts as this week rounds out. So we're curious to see what y'all think about that. And uh, just interact with us, man. Let us know what you think. Leave us a rating. Let us know what we can do to make the show better for you. I know we had a little bit of a weird week last week. Didn't really go as planned with the with the vacation and and missing out on a couple episodes. But it was uh it was much needed, and I think we're refreshed we're good we're coming down off the high that was that trip and we're ready to to watch some college football so we appreciate y'all for listening and um that does it for me jake you got anything uh i i i guess i have some things uh i will say me and kenny are going to take another extended break uh, <laughs> we probably won't be back until until sometime midweek next week uh we're all excited to watch college football i'll be out of town this weekend obviously we have another holiday weekend coming up nobody wants to we love you guys. I, I'm going to start by saying that, but we don't want to spend our, our Labor Day Monday night uh, recording whenever we want to. We want to be winning money on this Clemson Georgia Tech game. So, um, right. Sorry to tell you, we'll, we'll probably hit y'all again uh, mid midweek next week. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be enjoying this holiday weekend again, Ratchet Vacation weekend. And, you know, we're going to get back into it. Uh, like Kenny said, thank you guys so much for listening, watching, doing whatever you do. Give us ratings, subscribe. Uh, Turn on notifications on YouTube so you can see whenever we go live. You can see our beautiful faces. And uh, just, like I said, just appreciate it, really. So much, so much thanks. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you all for listening, and um, we'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you all.